Thank you, O oh God, for the opportunity for us to continue just to lift up your name and praise. You, you are so faithful. God, there's, um, there's so many ways that we can express gratitude to you for the faithfulness that you are to us. But one of those ways is by joining our hearts together as believers, lifting up your name in praise and, and worshiping you. And we do that today, God. Thank you that we can kick off this year celebrating your name, celebrating you for who you are. Once again, God, we just affirm and proclaim the faith that we have in your faithfulness to us. And it's with that in mind that we do open up your word now and continue to worship you. Thank you for speaking to us through your word. And may the attitude of our heart be to keep our minds open to what you have to say to us and keep our hearts open to be obedient to what you call us to be and what you call us to do. In Jesus' name now, we continue to praise you and worship you for your faithfulness. Amen. Well, I invite you to take your Bible and open it with me to the book of Ezra. Ezra, in the front of the Old Testament, we're going to be tracking through this this book in the first part of this year, and I'm so excited, looking forward to it. So thank you again for joining with us on this first Sunday of the new year. As we kick off 2022, you're in the right place, you're in the good place uh, for us to join our hearts together and continue to to give praise to God. Uh, You're here today, you're worshiping with us today because you were motivated by something to be here. In other words, you were you were stirred in your spirit to be here and join with us today in worship. Uh, to be stirred, according to the dictionary, means to move a substance in order to agitate all of its component parts. Uh, when some of you enjoy uh, eating desserts and that kind of thing, as many of us have done over the past Probably way too much. But when, when you make a cake, for example, you take, you take the component parts. You take butter and sugar and uh, salt and, I, I don't know, um, good tasting stuff. And you, you put those parts into a bowl and then you mix them up. You stir them up so that they can be blended together. And what comes out on the other side is that good tasting cake or dessert, whatever, whatever you've planned to, to make. Uh, but until those component parts are stirred up, uh, they're not very tasty within themselves. Uh, and, and so this morning we're going to be opening up to the book of Ezra, and we're going to see how God stirred the heart of Ezra and stirred the heart of his people to action. And we're going to be also challenged by God to let him stir our spirits in similar kinds of ways that we want to be looking for not only today, but as we move through this book of Ezra. Why are we studying the book of Ezra? Well, there are a number of reasons. Every single word of God's word, the Bible, is inspired by God and is profitable for us. And that's why we try not to skip over any parts of of God's Word. That's one reason. 
But I believe that we have been stirred to, to look at this book and study this book and use this book as a guide for our worship because we find ourselves today in some similar circumstances that the people of Ezra's day found themselves. And I think we're going to see that to be more true than we ever realized before. Who was Ezra? Well, Ezra was a priest who was part of the group of exiles who had been exiled from Israel, from Jerusalem to Babylon. What we will learn about him as we study this book is that he was a very faithful priest of God, but he was also more than that. He was a scribe. He was a writer. He wrote down much of what we have in Chronicles. He wrote down some of the Psalms that we have. He was a prolific writer. He was a faithful man of God who used his gifts to glorify God and to build up and encourage God's people. And so we're going to see where God used him to lead a group of people from Babylon back to Israel to reestablish worship in Jerusalem by rebuilding the temple. Nearly four generations had passed since the Babylonians had come in under the rule of Nebuchadnezzar and wiped out Jerusalem, wiped out the temple, flattened the temple, and then taken the brightest and the best of the captives back to Babylon to live in Babylon. They had been there for 70 years. Then in 539 B.C., Cyrus, king of Persia, conquered Babylon. And God moved his heart. God stirred his heart to allow and send back to Jerusalem some captives to rebuild God's worship center, the temple in Jerusalem. The motive of Cyrus was obviously political. But God is the one who stirred his heart to send his people, send God's people back to Jerusalem. So in the next few weeks, uh, we're going to be praying that God will stir our hearts to restore the priority of worship in our day. If you look around not only our worship center, but almost every worship center in the United States today, there's a similar look here. According to George Barna, in his survey, he shows that nearly two-thirds, 64% of young adults who were once churchgoers are no longer worshiping in God's house. Just like Ezra's generation, our generation today needs to listen to the stirring of God's Spirit in our hearts to return and restore worship in our day and in our time. So with that in mind, that brief introduction, open up your Bible with me. If you don't have it open, open it to Ezra chapter 1. And let's read God's Word, Ezra chapter 1, in its entirety this morning. You follow along with me as I read aloud. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyprus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing. Verse 2, thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, 
The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever is among you of all his people, may his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. And let each survivor in whatever place he sojourns be assisted by the men of his place with silver and gold, with goods and with beasts, besides freewill offerings for all the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Then rose up the heads of the fathers' houses of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites, everyone whose spirit had been stirred to go up to rebuild the house of the Lord that is in Jerusalem. And all who were about them aided them with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, and with costly wares, besides all that was freely offered. Cyrus the king also brought out the vessels of the house of the Lord that Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and placed them in the house of his gods. Cyrus king of Persia brought these out in the charge of Mithridath the treasurer who counted them out to Sheshbazar the prince of Judah. And this was the number of them, 30 basins of gold, 1,000 basins of silver, 29 censers, 30 bowls of gold, 410 bowls of silver, and a thousand other vessels. All these vessels of gold and silver were 5,400. All these did Sheshbazar bring up when the exiles were brought from Babylonia to Jerusalem. This is God's word to the people of the Lord today. So what does it mean to be stirred by God's Spirit? I just want us to focus on two things this morning and truly apply them to our life. I pray that these two principles will totally change our direction for 2022. First of all, you are stirred by the sovereign God. Just as Cyrus was was stirred by the Spirit of God, you today are also stirred by the sovereign God. In verse 1, again, the Bible says, In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing. Now, there are two things particularly about this verse that not only strike us historically, but should strike us today. The Bible says that in the first year of Cyrus' reign over Babylon, he permitted Jewish captives to return and rebuild the temple for the purpose of worshiping God. Now, this was clearly a fulfillment of prophecy. He mentions in Scripture, that this was a fulfillment of the prophet Jeremiah. Jeremiah lived 70 years before this date. He prophesied. Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. You know why he was known as the weeping prophet? He had prophesied to Israel that they needed to repent and turn back to God. 
But rather than turning back to God, rather than repenting of their sin, they turned on Jeremiah. They turned on him for speaking the word of the Lord to them to repent and turn to God. And so true to God's prophecy and the prophecy of Jeremiah, Nebuchadnezzar came from Babylon and wiped out Jerusalem, flattened the temple of God. And that's where we pick up in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 10 to 14. The Bible says, For thus said the Lord, now remember, this was 70 years before Ezra. Thus says the Lord, When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise to bring you back to this place. Incredible. We are seeing in Ezra a direct fulfillment of the prophecy that Jeremiah had prophesied 70 years earlier. Just like every other prophecy that's in God's Word, it's come true. God's prophecies are always going to be faithful. They're always going to come true. And then listen to the popular part of this prophecy from Jeremiah. In verse 11 of Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Incredible. Every part of this prophecy literally was being fulfilled right before the eyes of Ezra. When Cyrus the king brought him back, sent him back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. But there's a word for us in this today as well. This prophecy, which was predicted and now is being fulfilled in Ezra, also has a word for us. Not only does God have plans for Israel... When Ezra takes the captives back from Babylon to Jerusalem. But God has plans for you and me today as well. God loves you. And God has proclaimed to you his love and provided his love and demonstrated his love for us. And we've just come out of the Christmas season. We've seen this so vividly portrayed in the Christmas season. Sovereign God means that God causes or allows everything to happen that happens. And under the sovereignty of God, He stirred His Spirit. He stirred in your spirit to be here not only today, but also to receive His love that He offers to you today. Just like He stirred the spirit of Cyrus to leave Babylon and go back to Jerusalem. He's stirring your heart today to come to Him, to yield to Him, to repent and turn back to Him. Some of you are being stirred today from 
rebellion against God. Some of you are being stirred to restore your relationship with God in your life. Because you've let the things of this world take over God ruling and reigning in your heart. Just like those captives who have been separated from God's place of worship have been challenged in keeping God in the primary focus of their life. Doesn't matter how far you've drifted away from God. It doesn't matter even whether you have been exiled from God because of your own actions. He has demonstrated His love for you and He wants to restore you today. The Bible says very clearly in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to die. But God demonstrates His love for us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you see it? Being separated from God is a part of every person's story. You're not the exception. Every person is separated from God by sin. I know what it's like to be separated from God. I know what it's like to rebel against God, to sin. But because of God's plan and because of the stirring in my heart to return to Him and be restored by Him, I made that choice to turn away from my sin and turn back to God and give my life to God. And I pray that the same thing has happened for you as well. If you're here today and you are aware that you were born exiled from God, separated from God by your sin. You're in good company. (laughs) Every person who's a member of this church is in that same boat. That's the story of every one of our church members. We're not here by accident. We are believers in sovereign God because He stirred our spirits to turn away from our sin, to repent of our sin, and turn back to Him. And I pray that that will be the story of your life, that you'll be aware of that, that you'll recognize that reality. And in 2022, you will put your trust and faith in sovereign God as He stirs your spirit to make Him the priority relationship in your life. You're not being stirred by God by accident. Just like you're not here today by accident. God is sovereign. And He's calling some to repent and trust Him right now. And I pray that you will listen to the stirring of the Spirit of God in your life today. God can use anyone He chooses to. In fact, that's part of the story of Ezra. He uses those He chooses. Look at verse 2. Thus says Cyrus, Ezra chapter 1 and verse 2. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. 
Whoever is among you, of all his people, may his God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. And let each survivor, in whatever place he sojourns, be assisted by the men of his place with silver and gold, with goods, with beasts, besides freewill offerings for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. Why did Cyrus choose to leave the comforts of Babylon, or, or choose people to leave the comforts of Babylon, pick up their roots and go back to Jerusalem? Why did he do this? Well, because Cyrus was politically motivated to encourage the loyalty of his subjects to be faithful to him, to be loyal to him, and to not turn against him when they returned to Jerusalem. Here's the point. Cyrus made the proclamation, but God orchestrated the action. The people of God were given the choice to return to their homeland. God's people were stirred to return by the Spirit of God. Some chose to go back, but most didn't. Uh, last year when we were studying the book of Daniel in our small groups, remember that Daniel was heavily distressed through the latter part of the book of Daniel. He was heavily distressed because most of the Hebrews who were challenged to go back and rebuild the temple in Jerusalem chose to stay in Babylon. Now, that may seem strange, but, and again, I'm not comparing myself with anybody in this story other than one of the people of one of the, uh, God's children. But more than 50 years ago, I left South Alabama where I grew up and I came to South Carolina, uh, lived most of my life here. Um, both of my kids were born here. <clears throat> Would I go back to my homeland? after being away all that time and building a life here, and especially when my kids go back to a place where they've never been before, but I've told them about, I've told them great things and funny stories about how I grew up in, in South Alabama. You think they would want to pick up and move their families back there after living all of their life in this part of the world? No. So I can understand why some of the captives did not go back. But those who did pick up and go back, went back because sovereign God stirred their hearts and encouraged them to go back to their father's homeland. And so the children and the grandchildren who chose to go back, went back because they were stirred in their spirit by the sovereign God. Now once again, let me say this by way of application. God is stirring the hearts of people today to make Him the priority of our life, to put Him in first place in our life. Many are choosing not to listen to the stirring of God, and I pray that that won't be you. I pray that when God stirs your heart, you will do according to the last part of this chapter. The second point, is you are stirred to cooperate. You're stirred to cooperate 
with God's Spirit. Look at verse 5. Then rose up the heads of the fathers' houses of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and the Levites. Everyone whose spirit God had stirred to go up to rebuild the house of the Lord that is in Jerusalem. So God initiated the rebuilding of the temple. When God, when God created everything that was created, how did, he, how did He create the heavens and the earth? You remember in Genesis, some of you are reading with me this year. You started yesterday reading through the Bible with me. How did God create? Well, God spoke everything that was created into existence. There was nothing. Nobody could do that but God. Nobody can create something out of nothing except God. That's what makes Him God. That's a part of who He is. He's the Creator. He spoke the world into existence. Those who are in small groups are going to be studying the book of John, the first part of this year. In John chapter 1 and verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. God spoke everything into existence that is. But after creation, He chose to put man in charge of operating the systems and the structures of this world. Adam and Eve, and every person since Adam and Eve, have made the choice to rebel against God. It's called sin. We've chosen to rebel against God, and because of rebellion against God, we have lived under God's wrath, God's punishment. The captives who went away from Jerusalem to Babylon understood this. They understood that for 70 years they were living in a foreign country that was not their land. And yet it was time under the direction of God's Spirit for them to go back. And so it occurs to me that God's Spirit moved those to go back, and they had to choose to cooperate with God in order to go back. Are you aware, I'm very aware, that God is still stirring the hearts of people today to return to make Him the priority in our life, in our generation today. In order for that to happen, we have to choose to cooperate with God. He became flesh, one of us, so we could be restored in our relationship with Him through the very sacrifice of the Christ child who grew up to be the perfect Son of God who sacrificed His life for your sin and my sin. So He became flesh so He could initiate that restoration process. And today you and I are benefactors when we choose to move our lives on board with His life, and when He stirs our spirit, our response must be to cooperate with Him. Notice that all of the twelve tribes of Israel were not chosen by God to rebuild the temple. Only the two southern, only the two southern uh, kingdoms, Judah and Benjamin. In Matthew's Gospel, we, we read recently in the Christmas story, 
how God chose Joseph to be the earthly parent of Jesus, God in the flesh. I love the spirit of Joseph. You remember in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21, we're told why God chose Joseph out of all the men on planet earth. He chose Joseph to parent Jesus. In Matthew chapter 1, 21, God told Joseph, first of all, in the, in, the, in the first verses of Matthew 1, he told Joseph that he was going to be um, the husband of Mary, who was a virgin, who was pregnant. Would you believe a story like that? I mean, what a story. I mean, but what did Joseph do? He immediately put his faith in God. He immediately obeyed God and took Mary to be his wife. And then in Matthew 121, he told, he told Joseph to name the child Jesus. There was no reason for him to name the child Jesus because usually you gave a child a name of a family member that would be like you. But he was obedient. Joseph immediately obeyed God. And when Jesus was born, he gave him the name of Jesus. Then when the angel came to Joseph and said, it's time for you to pick up and, and move to Egypt because there's going to be great harm come your way if, if you don't. Uh, Herod is out to, to kill Jesus. What did Joseph do? He immediately obeyed. He picked up. He went to Egypt. He began to raise his family in Egypt. And then the Spirit of God spoke to him through an angel and said, It's time to go back. Herod's dead. It's time for you to go back and, and raise Jesus in Nazareth. So what did he do? He immediately obeyed. He chose to obey the voice of God. And if there's anything in this passage that truly is incredible to me, it's the fact that you and I today can follow the pattern of Joseph. We can choose to cooperate with God when He moves our spirit to get on board with the work that He's doing in us and the work that He's doing on this earth. So I challenge you today to join me in obeying the sovereign God when He stirs your spirit and cooperate with Him. Rather than rebel against Him, cooperate with Him. When He stirs you, like He's stirring some people in here today. When He stirs your spirit, be like Joseph and cooperate with the stirring of God in your heart. Say yes. In Ezra chapter 1 and verse 6, the Bible says, All who were about them, now this is interesting, all who were about them aided them with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, with beasts, with costly wares, Besides all that was freely offered. Now this is incredible. This phrase, all that was about them. These people were not believers in, in God. They were not part of the family of God. And yet when the Spirit of God stirred their spirit, they generously poured out their resources, their wealth, to assist in the rebuilding of the temple. People who lived in this area joined in with God's people because the Spirit of God stirred them to participate. 
Are you aware, we've sung this over and over this morning already, but are you aware how faithful God is? God is always faithful to provide for you exactly what you need to do what He calls you to do. No exceptions. He's going to provide the resources for you to do what He calls you to do. Here at Palmetto Shores Church, God has commissioned us, He's commanded us, given us a mission to make disciples who make disciples. That can't happen without you cooperating with the Spirit of God as He stirs your spirit, first of all, to be a disciple, to know Him, to let Him be changing your life, and to be on mission with Him. And then, when you become a disciple of Jesus, you take somebody else by the hand, and you lead them in becoming a disciple of Jesus as well. Being a disciple who makes disciples who makes disciples. That's what God has commissioned us to do and to be. The mission of this church cannot be fulfilled and carried out unless you choose to cooperate with God. Just like the rebuilding of the temple would have not happened had the people God stirred their spirits to participate would have chosen not to participate. So how is God stirring your spirit today? Where are you on our discipleship pathway? Is God stirring you in your spirit to cooperate with making a difference in this church by making disciples who make disciples? I want to challenge you today to plug in and cooperate where God has calling you, stirring you to cooperate. For some of you, that might mean to put your faith and trust in Jesus for the first time in your life. For others of you, that might mean, you know, to take what God has given you and, and share it with somebody else. Be a resource to somebody else. Whatever area God is stirring you to plug in, cooperate with Him. Be willing to say yes. In Ezra chapter 1 and verse 7, the Bible says, Cyrus the king also brought out the vessels of the house of the Lord that Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and placed in the house of his gods. Now this makes absolutely no human sense at all. What would make somebody give up a huge treasure like this to just give it away? Well, only the Spirit of God stirring the hearts of people of, of Cyrus to do this would make him do this. Um, it's interesting, I said this before, but, but sovereign God uses whoever he chooses to carry out his plan. He even chooses people regardless of their spiritual status. Cyrus was a polytheist. He, he worshipped many gods, not just one god. He worshipped uh, many, many, many gods. But God used this pagan king to restore his temple. Look at verse 8 of chapter 1. Cyrus, king of Persia, brought these out in charge of Mithridath, the treasurer, who counted them out to Sheshbazar, the prince of Judah. God uses 
whom he chooses to carry out his purpose. I heard about a church planter one time who was building a church. They needed chairs for the meeting room where they were meeting. He looked at his people one day. This is a true story. This actually happened here in North Myrtle Beach. He looked at the congregation and he said, God has provided the chairs for our church. The only problem is the money's in your pocket. <laughs> but he was exactly right. He was exactly right. God is going to provide to meet what he calls us to do. When I was 16 years old, God called me to preach. And I began to build a preaching kind of ministry. I remember my mom gave me a Bible on my 16th birthday. And in the front of that Bible, she wrote something that she was not original in creating, but it was very true. She wrote on the flyleaf of that Bible, where God guides, God provides. And all of my life, all of my ministry, I've never seen a situation where that was not true. God is going to bring about His purpose for people who are willing to follow His plan for life. And His resources are not only adequate, they're extravagant to meet His purpose. All we simply need to do is cooperate with Him. Get on board with Him and cooperate with Him. In Ezra chapter 1 verse 9, the Bible says, And this was the number of them, 30 basins of gold, 1,000 basins of silver, 29 censers, 30 bowls of gold, 410 bowls of silver, a thousand other vessels. All these vessels of gold and silver were 5,400. All these did Sheshbar bring up when the exiles were brought up from Babylon to Jerusalem. Now, I don't know the value of the sum total of all of those resources. But here's what I do know. It was enough even extravagantly enough to do the work that God had called Ezra and the other captives returning to Jerusalem to build and to do. Nothing was needed that God did not provide and supply. His resources were sufficient, yes, but they were also extravagant. That was true for Ezra, and that will be true for you and me today. Now, this church has always been faithful in supporting the ministry plan, the budget of this church. We've, we've never had any, I've never known of a single need that this church didn't challenge the church to meet, that this church didn't rise up and meet. In fact, I can honestly say that in this past year, uh, we overmet our budget in a hard year, in a very challenging year. That's always been true about our church. And way to go, church. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your generosity and just doing what God has commissioned us to do and called us to do. You have cooperated in that area very well. But what about in the area of making disciples who make disciples 
We, we've said this in the last three services that we've had, but we've, we've created a plan this year called a, a discipleship pathway. And every person here fits somewhere on that discipleship pathway. You're somewhere on that pathway. I want to challenge you to join me this year in taking your next step. Some of you are here today and you probably need to take the first step. You need to get involved by by becoming a member of this church, getting on board with church membership, which is meaningful, where family becomes something that is real and has depth to the meaning of church membership. Some of you need to take the step before that and probably trust Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I don't know where you are on that discipleship pathway, but wherever you are, there's room to grow. There's room for a next step, another step to grow. And I want to challenge you that just as we're faithful with our budget, with our finances in this church, I want to challenge you to get involved in moving forward on this discipleship pathway as we move into 2022. I want to challenge you, challenge you to to pray for God to stir your heart. Because He will. If you pray for Him to stir your heart, He will stir your heart. And by way of application, just one thing this morning. When stirred by God's Spirit, just say yes. Get on board. Cooperate with Him. I don't know about you, but I've set some goals in 2022. One of my goals is to Take God's Word, the Bible, and begin Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 and read all 66 books straight through the Bible. Four chapters a day, 15 or 20 minutes a day is all it takes. But then journal what God is saying in that passage and applying it to my life. I don't know what your goals are, but whatever they are, I pray that that you will listen to the stirring of God's Spirit, that you will set some goals. If you don't set goals, then there's a chance that you're going to be right where you are next year at the end of the year, where you are at the beginning of this year. Don't let that happen. Set some smart goals, some specific and measurable and attainable and realistic and time-bound goals, where you know where you accomplish the purpose that God stirs in your heart to accomplish. And I pray that 2022 will be the greatest year, the greatest year that Palmetto Shores Church has ever had because you are willing, when stirred by God's Spirit, to cooperate with Him. God, I thank You today that as we look forward to 2022, as we look forward to living out this year and making a difference in this year as you make a difference in our life. God, I pray that the word for our life this year will be obedience. That just like Ezra, we'll be willing to listen to the stirring of your spirit and cooperate with you by moving forward in our relationship with you and in our relationship with ministry in your name. God, I thank you that there's not one person here today that's here by accident. 
We're here because of your sovereign providence. And I pray that when we leave here today, we'll leave knowing that we have totally committed our life for 2022 to cooperate with you because you are our sovereign God. God, take us today to where you want to take us and help us to not only trust you, but to obey you in every aspect of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to challenge you to take a few minutes now and uh, pray. Ask God to share what He wants you to do with what you've heard from His Word today. If you have uh, the, the, the app and you're able to get on the app and share a prayer request with us, feel free to do that during this time or sometime this afternoon. Uh, we want to know how to pray for you and we want to give you an opportunity now just to go to God and listen to Him and make the commitment that He leads you to make as we spend a few minutes together in prayer.